Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw What's up? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Cannell, Rajah Bell, our boy David Sampson join us today. Thanks for hopping in here. I all, we saw history last night with Drew Brees, right? Yep. There was almost history in the Cannell family. Word. Yesterday afternoon. Okay. But not the kind of history that you like. Uh. If you're the dad, played my daughter. She hasn't beaten me yet in golf. Yeah. Eight holes. She was one under. I was two over par. Mm. We have one more. We're going to play nine holes. How old is she? She's 11. So it was kind of like, I got to start. So then she kind of fell apart in the last hole. She hit a ball in the water. Then she went over. So I actually you have mixed emotions about that. Yeah. Cause you I make her count uh, every stroke. I, oh yeah, for sure. I was nice. not letting her. I'm going to start moving her back a little bit. Cause yeah. I know the day is coming. I just didn't want it to be this soon. Right. So I'm going to have to start pushing her back a little bit. Make it a little bit tougher on her. It had to be uh, a moral conflict. Did she there. triple? What's that? She yeah, triple? She had triple. I had par. So we <laughs> ended up uh, actually doing all right there. So I got to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. All right. How about Drew Brees last night? Let's hear off from him after the game. To have then that moment with my teammates on the field, the offensive line. Um, I, I mean, it just it played out even greater than I ever could have imagined. Um, I tried to rehearse the scenario in my mind this um, this week, just so I could, you know, just so I could really focus on the game. Um, but uh, to then have the moment with Sean and Mr. Baker from the Hall of Fame and. Um, and then my boys and, and my wife Brittany and my daughter Rylan, that was just it was uh it was incredible. No doubt it was, man. I was tearing up a little bit. I teared up the moment when he went over and he had his kids over there. I was emotional yeah. watching it. Um it's remarkable what he's been able to do throughout his career. Becomes the uh, NFL's all time passing leader. Him and Brady are gonna go toe to toe for the touchdowns. Uh he'll probably catch him. They're gonna they're all all these records, I'm telling you, all the records are gonna get smashed down the road because the NFL is so pass happy. But I think Drew Brees rightfully belongs in the conversation of the all time greats with the type of numbers he's putting up. Oh, you're holding out because of the Super Bowls? To me, I'm a ring guy. You are. I'm a ring guy. I want to see multiple rings if you're going to be good. And we live in Miami, so everyone says Dan Marino well, he is, is the, the best. Goat. He's the goat. <laughs> it's just not though. And I like Dan. He's fine, but you just can't say that. Um, I, look, he's he's clearly in the conversation for one of the best of all time. Like he's got multiple. You're not just talking about yards. You're talking about touchdowns. Um, you know, it's remarkable to me that he hasn't ever won an MVP. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's a pretty. They've had some pretty fantastic offenses there, but the night in general, like for what he means to the city of new orleans like him coming over from from san diego around the katrina time um the way that he kind of made his way into the fabric of that community and kind of you know that team and he was a big part of it were, were some of the reasons that some of those people got through those tough times i just thought it was an was an awesome evening and then just to see him with his family just because you know my boys are that young and his family is is a younger version of mine to some degree like three older boys and then a little girl and the message that he had to the kids uh, about any, you know you can achieve anything if you're willing to work for it. I just thought it, I thought it was a fantastic night. I do though kind of agree with David, which is rare. Like, and I'm going to kick myself for having said <laughs> that after. He doesn't feel like like this might be one of those Jordan things where I was a Jordan era guy and no one else is going to ever compare in my mind. I have a little bit of that with Drew Brees. Like, I the numbers say what they say, and I know he's up there, but I always feel like. 
you know, the Montanas of the world, and then obviously, you know, Tom Brady's different. But I, he should be mentioned in the same breath, I think. I think it's also because if you want to get to that conversation, it's not even the Super Bowl wins about getting there more often. You know, like, yeah. get, and they've been, they've had some rough years where they're seven and nine. They've had some rough years mixed in there these last few where he still put up his 5,000 yards. You're talking about some of the garbage time numbers that are put up by some quarterbacks. He's been on some bad teams where they get to throw it all over the yard and they get, you know, put up 400 yards, but you're still losing the games. But, it's funny because I think Marino is the best pure passer of the game. Like I, I'm, I think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Like, cause he does have the rings and he's got the stats. Like he has the perfect combination of both. Like when I look at Drew Brees, I think what's amazing about him is this story of guys only six feet tall, barely, and has, you know, was the, you know, gets drafted by San Diego. They say, you know what? We're going to go ahead and pass. Then he, it's the Dolphins or the Saints and he kind of, you know, Sean Payton says, all right, we're going to put our faith in you. And he kind of has this story of never really got the respect he deserved. Never got that opportunity, and here he is as the all-time stat leader. I think it's just that might be his legacy is all the stuff he's been able to overcome. I think you get credit for all that. and We're <laughs> right. giving Breeze credit, the whole Katrina, and the feel-good story, and hugging his kids. Yeah. It's all great. But if the question is simply who's the greatest of all time, that's where I just – Where do you think I don't, he does I fall, though, like as far as all time? Yeah, I don't think he's – I don't know that anyone would make five? a conversation. Like you wouldn't make a case for him being the greatest. No, like, no. I, I, don't, I don't think that he's in that combo, but I, I think he's the top 10 quarterback of all time. Right. Like I would say that he falls in I can't that. can't believe I'm agreeing with Rod. Yeah, there you like, go. I'm, getting, I'm yeah, sweating you, a little bit. You get misty-eyed. So I, think, <laughs> I think he might be top five. I think it might yeah. be top five because I think, I think there's got to be some credit for all the, the, the body of work. Sure. I mean, I think it would be really interesting to see – he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's 39. He said he wants to play till he's 45. Like he potentially could throw for 80,000 yards. Like he could smash these records that are out there. You sure said- wanted to play to 54, by the way. Right? <laughs> right he's right. not going to play to 54. You don't think he will? No. I'm telling you, I think he might. You said that your dad, right? Your dad was yeah. on, he was a medical, he was a doctor yeah. for the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, what happens to the Dolphins? This is purely a local conversation, but right. like what happens to the Dolphins? The Dolphins are, I listen every morning on my way in and on my way out. And the question is that Ryan Tannehill, the guy, and he looked like the guy through three games and now everybody's back hating. Like what do we look like as a franchise if we bring in Drew right. Brees instead of Dante Culpepper? So it was Nick Saban was the head coach yeah. and they had, they basically had two quarterbacks on their list and the, both of them were coming off significant injuries. Culpepper was coming off an ACL. Drew Brees was coming shoulder. off a shoulder uh, surgery. Right. And so my dad was on the staff, presented the information, and the staff did to Nick Saban and said, look, you know, it's your guys. You got a, a guy coming off that's a mobile quarterback coming off a knee, or you have a guy who's a purely pocket passer coming off a shoulder. And I asked my dad about it. He said basically what they had to tell him, and this is what played out, is that Brees probably would be fine, but it would take some time. In the first year, he might only be 80% of his arm strength, and then it would take a year to get him back to where he could be 100%. And Saban said, well, I don't want a quarterback at 70 or 80% for the first year, so I'm going to go with Culpepper. You know that your dad was our team doctor for Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah. I've known I've known you and your dad for right. so many years. The thing that your dad would say, shoulders are just the most dangerous part of the body for a quarterback or a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Knees can you can recover from, but Breeze's shoulder was gone. Right. I mean, he would never throw another pitch if we were evaluating him. So I don't blame 
Dr. Connell. That's funny. <laughs> right. That's what I call right. him. Right. I don't call him dad. <laughs> uh, we always, Dr. Connell. Right. But he, uh, you just wouldn't take that chance. Right. And, to, uh, James Andrews, world, he said the yeah. same thing. Like it was all kind of unanimous. Hey, it's going to be a long road back. Maybe you get the top tier or so. But my dad always gets slammed. But the Bama fans are always thanking me for it. No, I mean, like <laughs> it worked out for like a lot right. of people. Right. Up the Dolphins. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think it's going to be interesting to see because you mentioned the, uh, the, the MVP conversation. Yep. If he and I think there might be some other guys statistically who might have better years. I think Breeze might get it for the Legacy Award. You really? Yeah. I think it could because if there's a vote out there, and I think I wouldn't have a problem with it. How if much he puts up these type of numbers? What, how much? Well, what's his team got to go to to get that? They have to be a playoff team. Obviously, right. they play in this tough division, which the Falcons have been a disaster. The Panthers are probably their biggest competition there. They got to get in the playoffs, and I think if they go ten and six, eleven and five, and he that. puts up the decent numbers, yeah. statistically in the top five. I think the voters would give him the nod. But then that's the real MVP. Right. The lifetime achievement MVP is <laughs> right. if they're seven they're, and nine. Well, it's all, <laughs> right. Exactly. They, but they won't give him that. See, I don't think they would. I don't think you ever give an MVP to a lifetime achievement award. No. All right. So MVP. we go, we go from that team, the NFC South, and they're trying to fight to another team, the NFC East, which this division has been trash. We talk about the toughest division and the worst divisions, and it's been the NFC East. I mean, the, the teams out there are gross. The Eagles have this Super Bowl hangover. And I still think there's a chance they probably win the division when you look at them. But I think our boy Debo is very concerned about him, as Philly fans are. I think it might be time to panic a little bit. He's saying no, they're not. Whatever, <laughs> they're panicking. You don't panic in that division because it's such a bad division. The Eagles will, if you look at their schedule, if you look at how the season ends up. I think they do win the NFC least, and it gets them in the playoffs. And then you just have to hope that Wentz becomes Foles of last year and gets hot so they can defend. But if you look at, they, there's no reason why they don't win the division. The Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, they're just awful. Yeah, I mean, if you're making me bet on who's going to come out of that division, there's nobody over 500 right now there, right? Um, and, and you're asking me, that's basically what I trust more. It's going to be the Eagles just because they've had the most success recently. Um, I don't understand, though. Like, I'm looking at all these numbers in front of me. You've got Carson Wentz back through three games, 67% completion rate, 304 yards per game. Five TDs and, and one pick, and yet their offensive ranks are like super pedestrian to bottom of the pack, right? Like, yeah. Um, what? How, what how, how is that possible? I mean, that's my question, right? How, like, three hundred yards a game at sixty-seven percent is that's above average? No, no? He's, like that's, he's not the problem. It's but how are we not getting any production out of that offense when well, he's doing that? Is my question. Well, because they have no run game. They really struggle running the ball. Jay Ajahi goes out. Now all of a sudden he's lost for the year. Uh, and even while, when he was put down, he was complaining about the play calling, saying, you know, something's going on here. I think too, got, I, I think this team last year had so many injuries, they were able to overcome them. I do think this team is struggling kind of finding a, an identity and they're not, they're not as hungry and there's, they're having issues across the offensive line, which if you don't have an offensive line, you are in, that's the thing that's probably most impressive about Carson Wentz is he's still able to play at this level despite getting hit more than almost any other quarterback in the NFL. It's not even the sack numbers, it's how many hits he's taking coming off this ACL. Philly fans aren't going to love this. Now, real quick. Um, we didn't win a championship like the Eagles did, but in 2001, we went to the finals, right? And Philly just is so passionate about it that it becomes this just celebration of celebrations, right? Like when you just get there, they've got the underdog mentality all the time and it's fantastic. But sometimes it, it it makes it hard to focus coming back the next year. And our 2002 Philly team, like we went to the playoffs, but we got knocked out by Boston early. Like we weren't nearly the same version of ourselves. And I think some of that had to do with our lack of focus and just having felt like getting to the finals 
had satisfied the Philly fans. You know what I mean? There was a level of satisfaction. We didn't have the same amount of hunger. Um, and I think, like, yeah, that's a club thing. I think it's a city thing too. I don't think yeah. Philly's gonna love me for saying that, but I think it, I think it's a whole city vibe. It's an athlete thing. The reason why you don't see repeat champions. I'm telling you, it's it, real. It's just, it's really hard to motivate every day when you're an athlete off season to be ready to go. But we should talk about how NFL's changing. You talked about pass happy. His numbers that you, we showed for Wentz in other years, that would be phenomenal. Now it's just pedestrian. Right. They're 25th or 24th, 6th in points per game. Yeah. And they're scoring a ton of points. It's just a different it, league. Totally right different. Quarterback rating, I don't love the stat, but the average quarterback rating right now, something around 90 something, and it's higher than Joe Montana's career passer rating. It's crazy. Like it just, it speaks volumes to how, like average different level. Game. Yeah, it's a totally different game now. Uh, Vegas. Still, I couldn't find the NFC East odds, but they still have the Eagles as the fourth favorite team to win the NFC at 10 to 1. You got the Rams are the heavy favorite at 7 to 5. The Saints, Vikings are in front of them, 5 to 1, 9 to 1. And then Eagles, 10 to 1 to still win the NFC. So Vegas is putting faith in them that they'll be able to turn around. I think they'll turn around, probably win the division, but I don't think they'll turn it around and uh, win the NFC and get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, another team on there that's right behind them as far as odds go, uh, at 13 to 1 is the Green Bay Packers. This team looks lost. You're hearing dissension between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. I think it's real. I think it's been festering for about five to seven years yeah. that Aaron Rodgers doesn't love the play column. They've switched coordinators. I think there's a really very real tension there. I think the Packers are a team that's not very good right now. Well, they haven't been good. And Aaron Rodgers, everyone made fun of me with that contract when I said that tweet that, hey, that's a nice thank you contract. But he's not the Aaron Rodgers of old. And the hardest thing is when you're a great superstar quarterback in the conversation for greatest of all time, maybe with Drew Brees, yet he just can't do what he was able to do. It's like in basketball when you're able, like Magic Johnson could make a pass and see a passing lane. Right. When you get older, you still see that lane, but you can't get the ball there. You can't execute it. Yeah. And that's what I see in Rodgers right now. Obviously, he's hurt. But he's just—he's a different player, and so you can't have the expectations. Yeah, I don't. Don't forget. I don't he had agree. That injury. Yeah, I don't agree. I, only because he's—he is injured. He's playing through an injury right now. And while they never really surround him by much, I mean, with much, make the case that this is one of the leaner years in terms of what he's got to work with on offense. And so, you know, as you get older. To your point, you slow down and you're not able to produce, but good, good management puts, they supplement you with more help. And you've seen that, like, it's trending in the opposite direction with Aaron Rodgers. So while you paid him, I think he's still the quarterback that warrants that type of payday, but you gotta get him some help at some point, right? Like, he's not gonna be able to, to just carry you. I mean, I know you're gonna throw Drew Brees, I mean, not Drew Brees, but, but, um, Tom Brady, but even Tom Brady's got some, like, guys that can really work underneath, and there's some, you know, there's some, it's a, it's a system that he's very familiar with, and he likes to play in, and all of that helps a quarterback who's aging maintain a level, and they do not do a good job of that with, with, uh, with him in, in Green Bay. No, I think he's still handled by his MCL. I think that'll still be something hopefully he gets healthier, but I think that's the frustration is he's like, look, I've bailed out this offense so many times because I can escape and run around now that I can't. The play calling is getting exposed, and I think that's where the frustration leads. And I think if this team doesn't make the playoffs, which I don't think they will, I think you might see a change at, at the head coach position. So it'll be something to watch out for uh, later in the season. All right, we got to take a break. Let's come back. We got to do baseball. Unfortunately, yeah. we have to talk about Yankees' ugly performance last <laughs> night, and how, how good are the Astros? I mean, they, could they repeat? Talk about repeat being tough. We'll get that from David coming up next. First of all, most importantly. 
do you think the Yankees can recover? Hold on. This feels like a devastating. Yeah, I don't have much to right. say on the baseball team. Yeah. Of course you do. You should be ashamed of yourself. What? <laughs> the Yankees, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. They should New be ashamed York, of themselves. They absolutely are embarrassed and ashamed of yourself. Not the Yankees. You. All right. Specifically. So, yeah, I should be. Because you're a homer. So I am a homer. I'm a Yankees fan through and through. They used to come here at spring training. My dad used to help them out in spring training. So I used to go down there. I'm the clubhouse. So I've been through the thin years of the Yankees. This is Don Mattingly when they weren't winning World Series. Right. I'm not a bandwagon guy. I'm a lifer. Can they rebound from this? Because I am worried. This feels the type, like the type of demoralizing loss that just, like, you all of a sudden you're just Takes shut all down. the wind out yourself. Do you agree or do you think this is Yankees, Red Sox, anything can happen? I don't agree. Here's in baseball. You think it can? You think they can come back? I don't think they will, but it has right. nothing to do with losing 16-1. In baseball, we, uh, we have a saying to get through the season because there's so many games. You lose 16-1 to or you lose 4-1. to doesn't It doesn't matter. matter. Some, some people think, and I actually was one of these guys over 18 years, I don't mind 16-1 to games. I really don't. It's the walk-offs. It's when you blow a save in the ninth and you lose four to three. Those games get to me much more than sixteen to one. <laughs> I can rebound. Yeah, well, the Yankees won't because they're not good enough. The heart, like I, I, there is something to be said for the heartbreaking, gut-wrenching loss. But again, six, sixteen to one, you should be embarrassed. And you know what? At I, home, at and home, ballpark. It, it's absurd. Um, the last pitch, the one where the, what's his name hit the cycle? What was his Holt? name? Holt. Holt? It looked like that guy was like a first baseman just lobbing a ball in there. Like there was – was he a catcher? catcher? Yeah. Okay, so he's not a pitcher, right? Okay, so that makes sense to me because I'm like, they're not even trying out there anymore. the best show, best podcast (laughs) ever. What the heck? I love it. Um, Talk to me about Severino because there was some – it was reported during the game that he showed up at 732 for a 740 pitch. That was it? He got to the bullpen at 732, and here's what happens. When you're a starting pitcher, forget playoffs, just any game, even spring training, you're going out, you're doing long toss on the field, you have a whole routine. Then you go into the bullpen, and then the catcher's first standing up, then the catcher squats down. And it's a, it's it's a, at least a 20-minute situation, but mostly 20 to 40 minutes, let's say. Severino shows up at 7.32 for a 7.40 first pitch. First pitch of the game, Mookie Betts, over 100 miles an hour, stat cast, fly out to center field, an F8, which Gardner got under, mm-hmm. but it was crushed. Two out of the three outs that inning. You know what F? No, I'm following. I'm following. <laughs> F A. Pop flies. Oh, all right, here we go. All right, great. All right, go. On. Let's go. I'm listening, man. <laughs> I love. Do you think, bro? Go. I'm trying to keep up. Okay. No. So I'm going to talk really slowly for you. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's all like Severino was just awful. He was hit hard from the Who beginning. Who do you put that on? Uh, well, Is that on Severino was any. Does Aaron Boone take any responsibility of that? We talked about a lot of people were upset. He left the him in. President so of the team. All the way down there. to the guy who washes the jocks in the clubhouse. They're paying attention to when the starter's out in the pen. And if the starter is out late, someone's saying something to someone. It was the biggest CYA of all time after the game. Boone saying it was normal. Rothschild, the pitching coach, normal. Severino, I was fine. Of course he wasn't fine. And of course it wasn't normal. But Boone had so many other issues that game that that one, which is the biggest, is being glossed over. Second biggest issue... He left Severino in too long. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have it from the beginning. In the in a 1-1 series in a five game when you only need three to win and advance, and your pitcher is that bad from the start, you've got to have the quick hook, and Booney didn't have the quick hook. You have to treat hook. it almost like the wildcard game like they did last year when Severino was so bad early. They got him out, and they sat, salvaged the game, came back, and won it. So, yeah, it got out of hand. It became a laugh first. So Severino's yeah. the type where he's either good, good great, right. or just 
mediocre as soon as bad. you see it, get him out, out. Of there. I think it's going to be rough for the Yankees because if they do win in the Bronx, they have to face Chris Sale back in Boston. That's why, and they've, you know, Sale's back, it looks like he's back to his normal form, and the Yankees have not, no, no one's been able to hit And they're going CC Sabathia, right. and this is an example of what we talked about. The Yankees starting rotation is just not good enough. We talked about it from the deadline when they got Lance Lynn and Jay Happ and Zach Britton. Has Zach Britton been a big part of the postseason? Half yes. Lynn? No. <laughs> Negative. No. Okay, my bad. All right. I'm yeah, not dialed in exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Is he? <laughs> I just want to know, were you dreaming about baseball when you were sleeping last night? Um. Yeah, I didn't even know that there were baseball games yesterday. Okay? What do you want me to tell you? I care about your sport. I, I care about the sport. I just want to come in here and listen World to you series. break down World F8s World and series. five five nines and <laughs> seven twos. <laughs> You're like, I'm, let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's tee up the next one. Do you know that you can keep score of a basketball game? Um, Wait, you can't have a I didn't know game? that. I did not know that. So Red, really? Red Holzman, uh-huh. the coach, former coach of the Knicks, okay. his wife, Selma Holzman, taught me how to... <laughs> so Danny, his wife, Selma Holzman, taught me how to score. You keep track of field goal attempts and free throw attempts and assists and rebounds and steals. Yeah. There's actually a statue. I think I did that once for my daughter's basketball team. They had me uh, keep the clock and they also put over the score sheet. What do you mean? All I did was keep the score of the buckets. I didn't treat anybody's shooting percentage or anything. You actually had wait, wait, you could circle rebounds, you could circle everything. Did you just explain to me that there's a stat sheet <laughs> for a basketball game? So I, like, I, like you mean like a field goal versus missed field goal or turnover or steal or you're talking about like they label them with numbers like they do. They do. You do dashes. So every time there's a field goal attempt or a field goal miss or. So it's just field. It's not, but there's not a spot on the track. floor. It's a there's revelation. A, <laughs> We've got, I, this is great. This is breaking news. news. But there's not like there's a been. corner baseline three is a four or whatever. There's no num- numerical system. There's a stat sheet. <laughs> All right, let's keep let's, it rolling. Can we give Raja his moment in the sun right here during the baseball wait, segment? I thought you were saying, Just enjoy this, Raja. I thought you were saying that there was a that there was like an actual right. numerical like, tag for different things on the on the court. Like I didn't understand that we were just all right. talking about a box. All right, yeah. so we got. It. Right, we're good. We're good. Keep it moving. All right, Astros. Astros. <laughs> Astros get the sweep of the Indians. We yeah. mentioned that just to be at eleven three. Can this this team doesn't look like it has a lot of weaknesses? They've got the starting rotation. They've got the bats in the lineup. Bullpen. They got the bullpen. Are they going to repeat? I had them repeating from day one, and they're just the best team. When you look at them from one to twenty-five, they are the best team. The Indians really imploded. Uh, you know, three errors in a game. They went to Trevor Bauer way too much. No more Indian talk. You feel badly for them. They blew a two-nothing lead last year against the Yankees in the DS. This year they couldn't, so they've lost their last six DS games. The problem is their division's so bad they can't stay sharp. But the the Astros are just too good. Too many weapons. I can't wait to see Astros Red Sox or Astros Yankees. I think it'll be Astros Red Sox. It's going to be an absolutely brutal seven-game series. And, of course, we haven't even gotten to the Dodgers against the Brewers, which is going to be fun to watch. Me and Raja are going to have seven play dates, and we're going to watch seven games. <laughs> there you go. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to play the role of the dad and like keep you guys from bickering. Play dates. <laughs> um, yeah, all I know is Yasiel Puig. <laughs> yes. He's gi- I'm giving you all, all I right. got, folks. All right, so I got. let's look at the Dodgers real quick because they're the team trying to get back to the World Series. They'd love to have a rematch at them. But I'm, I think the Brewers are the most fun team. I think they have the most momentum. I think they're playing with house money because every, they, they're even talking about it and playing with it with that chip on their shoulder. When you're at Ryan Bronson, I'm sure we'll get picked, uh, picked against again. I like the Brewers in this spot against the Dodgers. Are you with me on that one, or do you think the Dodgers are the best? I like the Brewers better, but here's what's happening within Major League Baseball. 
they're looking at the World Series and saying, okay, do we want the Dodgers in the World Series or do we want the Brewers in the World Series? No question about it, but it's can they do anything? Are you a conspiracy close. guy? You think they can It's not a conspiracy. Happening? It's just a fact. I mean, it is going to be the Brewers are going to have to really win to win. Right. They, I mean, really. Well, win. how can they? So, you're talking about. I, no, I, yes, oh, I am no. interested. Now I'm in. All right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Because I know how you would do that in an NBA game. But how, are you talking about a strike zone? You're talking about. Same. You can squeeze. Yeah. You know, with replay. We didn't get to talk about Angel Hernandez. Oh, yeah. which we can <laughs> well, they have to do is put him on the game, right? <laughs> if Angel Hernandez could be all seven umpires, then you never know what could happen. <laughs> he was the umpire, but by the way, who was 0 for 3 last night. They had three re- reviews, and he missed all three. 1 of them. for 4. He got reviewed 4 times. Oh, it was times. 4. I didn't know he was 1 for 4. Yes. Oh, so we'll give him credit. I actually was <laughs> crushing him a little bit. And he's the same guy who's suing Major League Baseball for a discrimination suit, and they kept him in the postseason, and he had one of the worst performances. The ever. worst umpire in, in my years in baseball. Angel Hernandez, Jersey Joe West, and C.B. Buckner. Three worst umpires. Ask the players, right? You guys know who the bad referees are in the NBA. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just know, right? You know who's got the quick Steve Javi. He's got the quick whistle for attack. You just know what's happening. And the Angel Hernandez is an absolute joke. Fantastic. I can't wait for Now I'm going to be watching. I'm gonna, I, will, I, might, I might tune in for now. I might tune <laughs> right. in. require right now the Brewers. Yelich is going to have to have an MVP type series, the bullpen's going to have to be lights out because you can't legislate against Josh Hader right. and Knabel and the other guys uh, on in that bullpen who are just outstanding. But the Dodgers are going to have the advantage. Yep. I have to choose the Dodgers because I don't want to. I love the Brewers. I was born in Milwaukee, but it is too much. A Dodgers- Astros rematch or Dodgers Red Sox yeah. or Dodgers Yankees. It's just better for baseball. Sure, sure, sure. I'm rooting for the Brewers. You know why? No, I hear. I mean, look, I'm a Brewer. I'm all in on Brewers. They drafted me out of high school. You got drafted by the Brewers? Yeah. What round? 19th. Why didn't you sign? Uh, the money like a wasn't grand, there. A grand? No, they, they offered me 250. $250,000? Yeah, yeah. Cause I was the football guy. So I, that's why my stock dropped. Is because I said, I was like, all along, I was like, I'm going to college, I'm going to college. And they were like, hey, we'll take a flyer. And they said they'd pay for the, co- they do the pay for college thing. Well, we all do But that. it wasn't right. enough. Like if they would have, they would have said a million, I would have been, see you later. But it wasn't enough, significant enough where I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So yeah, go Brewers. They're- all right. They're my team. <laughs> uh, all right. We got to do college football. We're going to do my top eight. Raza probably wants me to put the Hurricanes Whoa. in there, but I don't think they're in there. They're not in uh, your top we'll eight. To, uh, we'll have to double check. It's coming up next and off the bed. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Off the Bench. One of these days, we're going to mic up and just have a live microphone here at our breaks because I think sometimes that's the most entertaining. All right, let's have a look at my top eight. Put them out every week. It's the best poll in college football, David. This is the one where you get smarter if you watch it. Alabama coming in at number one. Notre Dame with a signature. Another big win for them. They had already beaten Michigan. Uh, they had already beaten Stanford. Then they go to Blacksburg. On the road, Raja, too hot. Yeah. Notre Dame there at two. Ohio State, they jump them because Ohio State's still playing cupcakes, but that'll change soon. Clemson, same thing. They need some more signature wins. Georgia, same thing. Uh, Georgia fans are all upset with me. I'm saying once you guys play somebody meaningful, LSU, Florida, some better competition, they'll be able to jump. West Virginia had a little bit of a rough go of it, but they still ended up winning against Kansas. And then UCF, somebody's got to give them some love. There you go. Yeah, undefeated, longest win streak in college football, rounded out by Penn State. Where are the Badgers? Uh, the Badgers are down there. Uh, don't even they're, dignify they're down that. A little bit don't further. even dignify that with a response. They used to be in my top eight until they lost to BYU. BYU, man. <laughs> I, you know, BYU, right. so man. So here's my tweet that I have over. Who, they have the best mascot in college football, by the way. The Badgers? No. Yeah, did the you see, Did you see that cat go? He went oh, yeah. crazy again. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want to meet. He, I want to meet the guy that like. Right. They, I he, he gets in front of the triangle for the dancers, and they all go Fantastic. crazy. And he, yeah, he 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 uh, he's pretty good. Ibis is pretty good too, though. Yeah, Ibis is good. I went with Ibis over them. All right, so here's my tweet on the SEC because I get a lot of uh, of heat from SEC fans. Last year we saw them get Georgia and Alabama both in uh, in the playoff. I don't think that happens this year. I don't think there's any chance of it happening. Why no chance, though? Because I think a couple things. One, if, and this is a huge if, because I don't think Georgia runs the table again. Until they, you, you don't think they're undefeated think, when they see Bama potentially? No, I don't think that happens. Okay. If they do, I think the committee would have a real hard time. And I know this happened last year, but it was a, a week separated. Because basically what the conference championships become is a play-in. Right. For if you. Bama beats Georgia... I don't think they're going to have a team that just lost put them right back in for a re, for a rematch. I think if there was a separation in that, like there was uh, before, and is that is is that taking? Are you are you thinking that Notre Dame just goes undefeated and they're and they're in, or is this even no? If Notre I think Dame... this is even if Notre Dame is not in the conversation. I just don't think the committee will do it again. I think the Big Ten has a better chance to get two teams really? in the playoff than the SEC. Badgers. <laughs> no, but I, I, you know who I think it could be is Penn State. Right. Because Penn State already went toe-to-toe with Ohio State. That was a game that came down to the fourth quarter. I could see a scenario where, similar to last year, Ohio State goes on to win the Big Ten. Penn State doesn't even get to play for the title, but they run the table. They could be that one-loss team that's not a conference champion that gets back. I would hate it, just like I did last year, but I think it could happen. Why are you tweeting that mid-October? Uh, because uh, when, when you hear the conversation, this is what drives me nuts, the conversation in college football becomes – Hey, how great is the SEC? How are they, you know, should we get two teams in there? It won't happen and it shouldn't happen. And I hate the fact that any conference would get two teams in. Even if Penn, if Penn State, Ohio State did get in, I would hate it. But, for but you're a noted SEC hater, right? I'm a noted SEC truther. Like I keep them in check. <laughs> Roller. No, 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 no. Truther. I, I want to make hater. sure they're out there tweeting, Hey, we have eight teams in the top 25 this. But meanwhile, they're backloaded with Mississippi State, Auburn, and somebody else who have no business yeah, being correct. In the top 25. But people are lazy and they just keep but putting Raja, them in the top Raja, if it were a different conference, he wouldn't no. have used all caps for the zero. He wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, all right, so I'll go back it's and part of his shtick. Yeah, of course it's <laughs> right. part of the shtick. So not true. So not true. But my only problem, to back to the top eight, is I think it's too volatile. I think I think it fluctuates that's too good. much from week to week. But no, that should. No, I'm willing to go ahead and admit hey, I was wrong on this team. Or if a team comes out and actually has a, a win that'll impress the impress the resume and increase their resume, yeah. then I'll make them have. A I understand show. why you. Right. But I'm saying for my taste, <laughs> right. it's a little too volatile. And I do want to touch on the Hurricanes. Why? Why what? Why no love? Oh, I give them love. Not, not from not you. Not even from you. Not, not, I, don't, I don't think they're well, a top see, eight team because I think they have. Again, here's what bothers me. If they were in the SEC, the Hurricanes would be getting with, a lot with of love. With one loss to LSU, who right. was a top. They would absolutely, Miami would be a top ten team if they were in the SEC. Right. And that's what bothers me. That's your beef. Me, I hear they you. Get, they get more recognition, more um, credit for wins, and less of a a loss when they lose a game because they say, oh, it's SEC. Right. Yeah, in conference for sure. Absolutely. Right. So that's yeah. positive. I agree with that. I think Canes would be a top ten. All right, let's get it over to Hannah because she's got to get us uh, socially relevant.
before I get into this, can I just say, Danny, we need to change your Twitter and Instagram bio to say noted SEC truther. Truther. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> I like it. I'll do it. All right, Hold so, them accountable. Yes. We talked about Drew Brees at the top of the show, but what we didn't mention was Peyton Manning's reaction to it, to it all. So as we know, Brees surpassed Manning's league record for all-time passing yards. So the Saints tweeted out a video of Manning talking about the greatest 1,000 days of his life. Check it out. Peyton, FYI, Drew Brees just broke your record. Uh, which one? All-time passing yards. Passing yards? Okay. So I still have the touchdown record, right? He's actually on pace to break that, too. What? Great. Drew, for a thousand days, I've held the record for all-time passing yards in the NFL. And i got to tell you, it's been the greatest a thousand days of my life. And thanks to you, that's over now. And you've ruined that for me. So thank you very much. I have nothing left to look forward to except... Slicing my tomatoes, making dinner for my family, putting together this wedge salad. Also, let this serve as the congratulations for the touchdown record, because as you can see, I'm very busy. I don't have time to keep doing these videos for you, congratulating you. But in all seriousness, Drew, congratulations on this record. You've done it the right way. All your hard work and dedication have paid off. You and I have come a long way since this picture back in 2000 when you were in college and I was in my third year in the NFL. So way to go. Proud of you. Good luck the rest of the way. So despite the fact that he is just sitting there cutting random tomatoes, <laughs> I have to say two class acts, right? For sure. And uh, Peyton was great on SNL. Like he does have a comedic side to him. So he's I a, love he's it. He's a pitch guy now. He was, that's <laughs> oh, what he oh, is, right? Sure is. That's it. He's a natural though. He really is. You he was like better that. on SNL. Than oh, you didn't like that? Out. You didn't think it was funny? I thought it was pretty good. Forced. Yeah, it was really forced. <laughs> I wonder if there really is a part of him underneath that is kind of bugged. Salty. It, it is that he are, that he is getting leapfrogged by all these Every guys. ounce of sarcasm, there's right. a pint of truth. Uh, absolutely. That's a good, I like that. <laughs> okay. One thing that Truther. we haven't talked much about at all was the craziness of UFC 229 from over the weekend. Habib dom dominated McGregor. McGregor reportedly came back and said that he wants a rematch. And now he's speaking up on Instagram for the first time since his defeat. Here he is, posted up, having a drink, looking like good old Conor McGregor. But this caption, this is what I have a problem with. He said, we lost the match, but we won the battle. The war goes on. So, guys, Corner. no, I hate the intensity and the moodiness of this post. I don't understand this caption. He needs to do less, right? Yeah, he definitely lost both. He lost the match and the battle <laughs> because he was the one that got cold clocked at the end of the match. I mean, the guy came yeah. over. Uh, I thought it was it was highly controversial. I think Dana White is loving this, loving the attention on his sport, loving the conversation around it. My question is, does Conor McGregor want any more of that? Yes. You think yes, he does? Yes. You think Conor McGregor wants more of, of Habib? Khabib? He wants more Habib. of the cash. You think more? He's already made over 200, 250 million. That Floyd probably. Mayweather money is what he's after. I don't know how much they pay per fight in the UFC, but I think a lot. I, 50 million dollars. I mean, that's nice, but I, he's a personality, dude. That cat could wind up being movies. Hold on a he second. Wind up Ooh, being, Conor McGregor? No, he could wind up being like Expendables. You can see Conor McGregor in an Expendables movie? He, in a silent movie. But, but, but it's what I, my, okay. Hold on. Jean-Claude Van Damme, before he was oh, a movie star, could you have way. seen him in I a, gotta make so sure is I Fred Dreyer and Hunter. <laughs> right? I gotta make sure I heard this right. Because Debo is producing the show today. He just said in my ear that Conor McGregor got $3 million for that fight. 
If that's the case, then I don't know that's what he's thinking. Yeah, I don't, I don't, fight. I don't, and he like, needs more money. In that case, but he, he from the, from the, from the more. Floyd Mayweather made, he made like a hundred. So that was just as the purse. Cause when the, when the pay-per-view money comes in, that's when the real paycheck is going to hit. To answer the question that was initially posed, I think like once you taste that Floyd Mayweather money, like taking whatever you get at UFC fights to take that kind of punishment, I don't know that it's worth it to Connor. Connor is, Connor is a showman. Like he's chasing the bread. So whether or not he can translate into acting, but I would think him, I would think he would be looking for easier ways to make those kind of paydays than having to go out there and get. Yeah, he started a whiskey what's, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so hard about getting hit over four rounds? <laughs> I mean, what's so hard about that? I don't know. That? Give it a shot. I'd love, I'd, I'd pay. Can we not pay give it a good shot? To see him up in a ring. I like With our you? staff. We'll I would be, I don't want no part of it. I don't all right, that's all for Socially Relevant. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canel and Bell. Coming up next, the boys break down today's leftovers, including what's going on with the Spurs right now. Stay with us. You're watching Off the Bench. All right, for our leftovers today, we got to get you caught up in all your fantasy uh, needs. We bring in our guy Heath Cummings. He's our CBS Sports Senior Fantasy Expert. You can follow him on Twitter, at Heath Cummings Senior uh, on Twitter. And he also has the best beard in the office and maybe in all of Florida because that beard is kicking. I love it. Heath, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, just ready for another waiver wire. All right, perfect. Let's do your waiver wire must-ads. I love where we're starting with. Jameis Winston misses the first couple uh, three games. You saw Ryan Fitzpatrick put up monster numbers. Do you think... He can continue where Ryan Fitzpatrick left off. I don't know if anybody can do what Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> did the first two weeks of the season, but the fact is that was not Fitz magic. That was a great offensive system. That was great offensive weapons, and now Winston's going to benefit from that. Most importantly, this week he gets to face a Falcons defense that has about half of their starting lineup left. This is going to be a game in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. Winston should be a top-five quarterback in week six. What about Alfred Morris, Heath? Are you trusting that 49ers backfield right now? Well, it got a little bit easier with Matt Breida's injury. Thankfully, this doesn't look like a high ankle sprain, so I don't think he'll be out for a long time, but I don't expect him to play in week six. And Morris has been borderline relevant with Breida healthy. Without Breida, he's going to handle most of the work in that backfield. He should be a top 20 running back. Heath, uh, Jay Ajayi goes down with the ACL. Uh, before that, you know, he was calling out the play call in there in Philly. Wendell Smallwood, you confident he'll remain in the feature role if he's healthy there in Philly, and does the, does the play call and change at all? Yeah, Philly doesn't really like to have a feature role. Even when Ajayi was healthy, they wanted to mix things up with Sproles, with Corey Clement. But with Ajayi out of the picture, so far we've seen Smallwood be the most fantasy-relevant running back, and Darren Sproles still not healthy. So I expect this to be a combination between Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement. It's hard to find running backs on the waiver wire. Smallwood available in 90% of leagues this morning. So Traquan Smith had to have the highlight of his career early. He's a rookie uh, for the Saints. He catches the pass that uh, puts Drew Brees over the top. Phenomenal play from him. He's got his place in history now. Where do you think his role is moving forward? Well, I'm hoping he's the deep guy in this offense. I'm not even sure that like, the highlight, obviously, was catching the pass that set the record. But the catch before was the one that really caught my attention, the footwork on the sideline. Those are the types of things that Drew Brees sees, I, I assume, in film and he's going to trust him more. Listen, Michael Thomas saw about 40% of the targets in this offense the first two weeks of the season. That's never something Drew Brees has done in the past. He likes to spread the ball around. Smith looks to be the number two now. All right, good stuff, Heath. Thanks for uh, joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, let's finish it off with uh, some basketball news. Uh, Suns fire their general manager, Ryan McDonough. I didn't know he was the brother of Sean McDonough, a uh, broadcaster from ESPN. Oh. I didn't know that. Um, it seems like really weird timing. Is there something 
going on here behind the scenes? I don't know, but it, the timing is really, eight really weird. Yeah, I would, it would, it would, the owner of that team is as involved as Sarver is. It doesn't matter, team president, whoever you are. You're not firing your GM in the middle of preseason spring training. It just there's something else happened. Maybe there's goats involved, photos, <laughs> fight. Something's going on because this just makes zero sense. I mean, yeah, if you're reading the tea leaves. There's got to be something up. Although Robert Sarver and company, they're they're kind of strange. So I mean, I but but clearly he wasn't doing a good job. Look, his his track record speaks for itself in the lottery. I mean, he hit on Dragon Bender. I mean, uh, Devin Booker. That's about it. Jury's still out on Josh Jackson, DeAndre Ayton. Is this new info, Raja? No, it's not. I know this a week. It's not. But like you, you have been grooming like James Jones and the kid. Um, what's his name? Trevor Bergstein. Like and Robert Sarver's a really weird cat. So while I do agree with you, I'm just saying don't. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that Robert Sarver just did something that no one else would do. Last up, we talked turnover chain. You saw me with a Memphis turnover robe. How about what your boy Butch Davis is doing down in FIU? To see what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like for, that for turnovers. Scallies. Yeah, exactly. I'm going old school on that one. So. So he had uh he said his thoughts on the turnover props that are going around. Yeah, we got a turnover prop. We allow them to keep their scholarships if they get a turnover. <laughs> that is old school as it gets. I'm actually a fan of that. Like some of the stuff is fun, but what happened to playing for championships, for wins? You don't need it's like giving a kid a cookie. Hey, here you do something good, here's a cookie. Let him go out there and play. Everyone gets a trophy now. Yeah, yeah. Can't that stand is it. it is. Although the turnover chain, I gotta say, it is pretty cool. Boring. Better than that backpack. <laughs> old news. <laughs>